This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Let's go. Sorry about the late notice, boys. You're probably wondering, hey, I don't even need the fucking picks now. Everyone's already released theirs. That's probably true. Had a little incident with the four-year-old. Was set to record yesterday. Come home from work. She's a little sick. This girl is high energy. um, Never takes a nap. Loves to be with mom and dad. And I come home from work. Always opens the door for when I come home from work. She was sleeping on the couch yesterday. So I knew something was like, eh. She wakes up from the couch, felt a little warm, had about 100 degree fever. We give her some children's medicine, Tylenol, whatever the fuck. We try to help that. Hopefully that helps. She does not eating a lot. Trying to get her to drink all that stuff. Being good parents, fall asleep again. And then I'm ready to, I'm in here tinkering, getting the graphics already, right? And then uh, she wakes up again. Wife is home with me as well. Wife had some things to do, but um she wakes up again around five ish and uh five or six and then her fever is like 103.4 she was cooking so wife took her to the hospital i stayed with uh my little my little one my little my little 11 month old almost almost a year old can't believe i'm saying that um i stay with her wife goes there and 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 just it's quarantine city they thought she had COVID. they thought COVID was the culprit with that high fever it was either COVID or or, or the flu um, they tested her for COVID. She did not like the thing in the nose, the flu. It's the same thing up her nose, strep throat. They got to go in your throat. Poor little thing was getting poked and prodded all up and down that joint. Um, everything came back negative. You know, wife got tested. You know, I was going to get tested if, uh, if in fact, um, it was COVID it, it is not, but her tummy was sensitive, so they ruled her with a cold and a really significant urinary tract infection. The infection is what's causing the uh, the temperature, you know, right? So then I had a fist fighter almost literally to get her to take her medicine today because the only medicine that they have for urinary tracts is in pill form. She's four years old. She can't take a pill. So they had to grind the medicine down. Now, when I remember when I was a kid, they had to grind that shit down for me because I couldn't take pills little little you know i'm gonna be vulnerable here for a minute i couldn't take pills till i was like 13 years old 14 years old so i had to take fucking medicine when i got sick i they had to grind down pills and i had to fucking try to drink it it is like drinking sand uh it is tastes so bad it is impossible so poor little thing but you know big brain dad we got to work we got to work everybody um she's doing okay she's with her mom now Her mom, uh, one of the many companies my beautiful wife owns, does, whatever. Her and her mom are having a little uh, house party tomorrow for the the Blonde Daisies. TheBlondeDaisies.com. Shout out to Blonde Daisies. If you're in the home interior and just, you know, girly shit, head over to Blonde Daisies. Maybe not my audience, but maybe. Maybe not my audience, but maybe. You know, I'm not going to judge if if you're into that shit. But they're having a little uh, party tomorrow. So the girls are over there in-laws house getting that ready so dad's here cranking out this motherfucking podcast uh got some picks got some picks this card was tough for me not gonna lie not running from it okay i was gonna release my mortal locks my dog my send him home slime ball parlay possibly not do the podcast but then i'm like you know what i ain't running from it you know what i mean i ain't gonna run from it you know the one of the fights that i was looking forward to the most julian marquez versus uh uh jordan wright that fucking serial killer is canceled 
which sucks. Um, but there's some good fights on here. The Nate the Train is back. You know, the main event's interesting to me because that's when Lad looked fucking filled out at 145. Don't know what this girl's thinking trying to cut to 35. Stay at 45. You looked fucking great on the scales. You know, you look bigger than Dumont. Um, co-main event, you know, we'll, we'll get into all that. You know, I want to address, you know, some things. Not some things. Let's just talk about it, right? The UFC, you know, this whole week of MMA Twitter has been been wild. You know, I'm a Twitters guy, okay? I stay plugged into the Twitters. You know, is there a such thing as MMA Instagram? Does I mean, I know, like, there's some shit that pops off on Instagram, but I usually catch it on Reddit. Like, is there, like, a, do they call it, like, MMA Instagram? Like, is that, like, a real thing? But anyway, MMA Twitter, you got the John Jones thing that happened. Mike Winklejohn said he's not allowed back in the gym. It was kind of a weird move by Winklejohn. I get it, right? John Jones has, has been fucking up, but... John Jones is still working with Greg Jackson. He's still working on Brandon Gibson. Mike Winklejohn, who owns the gym outright now, Jackson's gym, Mike Winklejohn owns it, controls it, said he's not allowed back in the gym. But the other coaches and maybe even training partners are just going to go train with him in the garage. He said he's got to prove himself. He's got to quit drinking, all that stuff, which I get. That's a good sentiment. John Jones took it well. Some deleted stories, maybe he didn't take it so well. So that's developing a little bit. You got Errol Hawani still talking shit to Brennan Schaub. He called him up on the podcast. Schaub and Callan didn't answer. And, you know, I don't, you know, that's a fun one to me. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I dislike both guys. So it's it's fun sitting in the middle and just literally trying to decide, like, Okay, I, I'm not biased towards either guy. Anything I, I dislike either side, I'm right down the middle. So all I got, all I got to do is just listen to reasoning facts, and I think they're both in the wrong, which is actually kind of funny. What else we have? We had fucking Conor McGregor, my boy Conor McGregor, going on one, um, you know, saying some shit about he Googled uh, people in Daf- uh, D- D- Dagestan marrying their cousins and stuff. And, 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 you know, and him and Ali got into it. He says, I celebrate when you die. You know, I don't condone making fun of somebody where they're from and the religion or whatever like that. I mean, that's, that's, no, you know, that's sure. That's crossing lines. Like I would never do it, but I'm also just a guy sitting at a desk. I'm not a professional fighter who hates someone. I, even if I was a professional fighter, I wouldn't cross that line. I mean, I don't really give a shit what religion you are. I don't really care what you believe in or where you're from. Um, but you know, you know, I like mean Connor guys. I don't like this sugar, you know, sugary fucking strawberry Connor McGregor that was on Dustin Poirier fight too. Like, I don't want that guy. I want the fucking asshole. I want the guy coming at you is what I want. Uh, he might have went at him a little too hard. I kind of like the you know Ali. You know. <laughs> He said, uh, I'll celebrate you when, he, when you die. That's funny. I mean, they don't like each other. Ali would probably say the same thing. Let's lighten up. Come on, people. And then um, what else? You got Luis Pena. Gotten released from the UFC after the domestic violence stuff. I kind of touched on it with the John Jones thing. Um, I read the police report with Luis Pena. So the only difference is... There's two differences. My boy Jeannie Douglas is back. What's up, Jeannie? The only difference is John Jones' wife, fiance, did not say he punched me in the face or there wasn't witnesses. Also, John Jones is a megastar, right? Luis Pena, five and three fighting in the UFC. He's on the fridge. This is like the second or third time he's been in trouble. The UFC, Dana White has said they try to help him. I don't know what that entails. 
And then uh, apparently he was in a physical altercation with his girlfriend. She called up. They had restraining orders against each other or maybe like a no contact order. They were living together. They got in a fight. She called up and she said, hey, I don't want to be a snitch, but I got this guy out of here. He's hitting me and stuff. Another lady tried to break it up and apparently uh, Pena put her in the hospital. Like He hit her too. So listen, you can't be putting your hands on women. You just can't be doing it. And Pena, again, this is um, more, you know, multiple times he has done this. Now, my, now the question is, if John Jones, if they came out that John Jones hit his fiance, hit a woman that intervened, would he get this same treatment? Would he get cut or not? Is there that hierarchy where this guy can get away with anything and this guy can't? I mean, there's a famous story. Jimmy Johnson coached the Cowboys. There was a rookie uh, punter that fell asleep in the meeting, and he went over there and chewed him out. What the fuck? You You never sleep might Cut him. Send him home, right? The reporter asked him, well, what if Troy Aikman fell asleep in the in the meeting? What would you do? He said, i walk over to him, ask him, and get him anything. There's hierarchies in this world, and it's unfortunate. But what Luis Pena did seems pretty fucking hardcore. Seems like a toxic relationship. Um, you know, I don't, you know, from my own personal experience, I've never been in a toxic relationship like that. I know people who have. So, unfortunately, I think they're going to probably find their way back to each other, him and this girl. Um, but, you know, I wish them all the best. I mean, listen, you're, you can't be beating people up. You can't be putting your hands on women. You just can't. Pena. You can't be doing it. Uh, so that was a wild MMA Twitter week. Let's get to the picks because that's why you're here. I got them fire picks. Oh, one little last thing. This is so fun. This is Everyone does this on MMA Twitter. It's so fucking funny to me. Bellator has a car tomorrow night. I wish Bellator would stick to Friday nights. Okay. I like, I don't want them competing with the UFC. It's whatever, right? The UFC card's a little weak. The Bellator card's got some action on it, right? I'm going to watch both. I know they kind of maybe cross a little bit at times. Doesn't matter. But there, I've seen on Twitter, not people I follow, but people who've liked tweets, and you you know how that works. It says, you know, low-key, you know, like this is like the hottest take they've ever said in their life. Low-key, though, you know, Bellator's better tomorrow. Oh, okay, great, that's fine. Watch both, watch Bellator, whatever. But when it, are those same people going to say like October 30th when we get that pay-per-view for free? Are they going to be like, hey, low-key, Bellator is better. They're not even going to have an event that day, right? What about November 6th with a stacked card? Low-key, Bellator. It's just they come out on situations like this. It's like it's not a hot take anymore, guys, okay? It's just not a hot take. Let's just not – let's just stop doing it. Let's save everybody's time, okay? Let's just – it is what it is. But people like that competitive. They, there's some people that want to see the UFC fail because they're on top, you know, you know they, they want to see the top guys get dropped down a little bit. Um, you know, Francis Agani is out there complaining about money. I don't know what the fuck that's about. This guy made $800,000 for his last fight 10 months ago or whatever it was, turned down a fight in August, and now saying he needs to borrow money. Now, listen, these guys need to make more money. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that they don't need to make more money because Francis Ngannou should be a millionaire by now. I know he's only just won the title, but you get it. These fighters are doing a lot. But is there ever going to be a situation where we're like, hey, how much are you spending outside of camp or how much are they charging for camp? Because as far as I know, Francis lives in Vegas, uses the PI, which is free, and then uses like Extreme Couture Syndicate right there in Vegas. I'm not really sure what gyms he's at. But it's like, you're blowing through 800 grand in 10 months? Like, what are you, what are you doing, right? I mean, he's saying he has to borrow money for training camp, and that's sad. That's a heavyweight champion in the world, right? But 
you turned down a fight in August. If you need the money that bad, maybe you've been like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll step up and fight or whatever like that. It, it, it shouldn't be like that. But I, what are you doing with your money? Right. I'm on a money. I, you know, manage money better. Oh, not wrong fight. Here we go. Arlene Carolosi. Carolosi versus I, I'm having a hard time pronouncing this woman's name. Let me see here. It's a t- hold up. Wait. Yep. It's a Tella. It's a tall. It's a law. Nunez. I'm going to call her Nunez. I can pronounce Nunez. We got a 125, 115, 115-pound fight here. Listen, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm i scatterbrained right now, but let's get to the fights. Carlosi, she's short. She's short. She's stout. She's fucking powerful. Um, she's 101 in the UFC. She looked good against the Angela Hill fight. I know that fight ended uh, with a cut, I believe, but Angela Hill is a... Um, is a motherfucking beast. You know, I like Angel Hill a lot, so that's a good that's a good debut. Is currently sending all the juice, Jeannie Douglas. She might be on all that motherfucking juice, all that Whole Foods juice, that good shit. Carolosi might be on that. Uh, Nunez making her debut, but Nunez fought one championship. She fought Angel Lee over there, who's an absolute savage. Uh, she's got two, she's two and one in one championship coming over now. Looks like Raquel Pennington looks like Raquel Pennington's younger sister. Uh, she's listed at five, four Karen Losey's listed at five, two at the weigh-ins today. Nunez seemed like, I don't know if they had shoes on or what. She seemed like she was a foot taller than Karen Losey. I mean, f- that's only two inches. There's a little more than two inches, but Karen Losey looked like an absolute fucking beast. Her last time out, she went out, she prioritized the finish. She got to the ground. She got on top. She pounded her out. This is a, you know, when you're a short, stout, strong person, your advantage is going to be able to get on those hips pretty quick. And, uh, you know, I Nunez um, has struggled on the ground before. She seems like she's more of a point fighter as opposed to a finisher. Has some finishes on a record. Is a good striker. But I feel like when she gets to the ground, it could be a problem here. Now, a lot of people want to take a shot at the dog. My boy Christian. Christian of this podcast, he likes taking shots at dogs in an opening fight. Uh, I don't mind that. I don't mind the dog play here at plus 145. These lines have moved. I got these lines yesterday. They're all over the place. Um, I don't hate the dog play, if I'm being honest with you, for Nunez. But it's hard for me because Karen Losey has fought Angela Hill and, and showed well. And then went out and got a finish in the UFC. Nunez, even though she's coming from a respected organization like one championship, the UFC is still different. Okay. It's still different. Um, I looked up tape on her. I do like her striking. I, I, I don't think she's super explosive, but I think that, you know, she could do well in this division in the UFC. But I think Carolosi is just a fucking little mini Jessica Andrade like muscle ball that's going to eventually get her down to the ground and, and fucking Donkey Kong punch her into oblivion. So minus 165 Carolosi. I'm going to take it. Um, I don't know if I'm going to bet this fight because there are some some questions. Maybe I didn't do proper tape research on Carol or, or excuse me on Nunez, even though I think she's I think I did. I can't do my judgment until I see her in the UFC. Right, the fighting and looking good outside the organization is is one way to cap things, but you got to show up on the big stage and do it. So I, I don't know. All right, next up, Brandon Davis plus one sixty versus Dana Batgrial. Donna, Dana, Batgrial. This is a sick fight. These are both bangers, boys. These boys like to throw down. Brandon Davis, uh, stud, saw him fight live in Atlanta. Beat Randy Costa on Randy Costa's debut. He got knocked around that first round. Costa uh, gassed out. Davis took over. Davis has fought some high-level fucking guys. I mean, look at the fucking murderer's row he went through, right? He's on a five-fight win streak, I believe. Four-fight win streak outside the UFC. But look who he fought in the UFC, right? Okay, so Kyle Bogniak lost the decision. That wasn't a great decision loss. Steven Peterson, fucking Superman tattoo on his chest. Durable guy, but I mean, come on. That's, that was a win, by the way. Excuse me. 
Enrique Barzola, okay, good wrestler, lost decision, get it, right? Zabit Magomedsyarapov, who, I mean, it, it, you know, might as well be undefeated, stud. Uh, no one wants to fight him. He got that fucking Sulev stretch fucking leg tied up. Then he comes back and he rear naked chokes Randy Costin, all-out fucking brawl. Then he, uh, Kyohan Kang, who's a stud, lost split decision. And then Jiga Kakats lost split decision. And Jiga is going to be fighting for the title probably if he keeps on his run. Then he goes outside the UFC, right? Uh, the competition's okay. It's not great, right? He's fighting some vets. He's fighting some guys with some winning records. Um, two finishes, two decisions. One was a split decision of Brad Kelly. I watched that fight. Didn't know if it was really a split decision, in my opinion. But Brandon Davis, that boy got them hands. That Mississippi boy got them hands. Uh, Dan Abakir, oh, this guy's just all power. I don't know how much technique there is in there. He's super tough. He's coming off two knockout finishes early in the first round. Well, one wasn't early in the first round. He's 2-1 in the UFC. His only loss is to Holly Antong. Both these guys are going to come out. I want to see Bakrial fight a guy that can take it a little bit. Brandon Davis has never been knocked out in the UFC. Um, he, he's been able to take a pretty good shot. His hands are fast. His boxing is really good. He prefers it on the feet. Bakrell is one of those guys, you know, I, don't, I hate to compare it to him because he's had a rough fucking cut past two weeks, but Dante Wilder, I mean, if he gets you out of there early, great, but what does he have second and third round, you know, in this case for, you know, an MMA? Bakrell is getting these guys out of there pretty early. Has big power, right? Swings big, but is his technique there? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you know, Brandon Davis is a vet. He's been in there with some good guys. You're giving me one plus 160. I'm taking 160 on Brandon Davis. This is almost my dog lock, but I'm taking 160 on Brandon. You know what? This could be my dog lock. You know what I mean? Brandon Davis, uh, I like this kid a lot at plus 160. This is going to be a test of if I could live bet in the state of Ohio, I would. First, If he gets out of the first round, put all your money on Davis because I really think he's going to start taking over. Not saying about Grial cannot sustain his power throughout the second and third round. He hasn't proven the UFC yet. Davis has pr- proven to be pretty tough, pretty well-rounded. So give me Davis. Give me uh, probably by decision because Bakriel seems pretty tough. Davis has definitely shown his toughness. What do you think on the over bet? I do like the over. I don't have the number right now, but I do like the over. I think it's going to go to a decision. Uh, thank you, Jeannie Davis. I think it's going to go to a decision. I think I think Davis is going to, you know, Bakriel. He's durable. He's tough. Davis doesn't have the biggest power in his hands. I mean, he definitely has good boxing, but it's not like one touch power. If Davis gets through that first round, baby, I like I like the over in this a lot. I think it goes to the decision. I think one one uh, excuse me plus one sixty is a fucking gorgeous number. Sign me the fuck up and uh, let's go. Let's move on. I don't have a line for this. I'm sorry I did this yesterday. I could probably track one down real quick. Hang on, uh, Loopy Godness, who's taking this fight in seven days notice. Oh, she that bad bitch, huh? She that she's that bad bitch. Up a weight class, just dominated last time out, and she's stepping in up a weight class fighting uh, Carolina Luna Carolina. Let me see the lines. I'm sorry. So Luby Gonzalez is a minus two thirty five. Carolina is a plus one ninety. Okay, so I just not on the screen. Ganez minus two twenty five two thirty five. Excuse me, plus one ninety. Uh, you don't need a full breakdown from this. Loopy is going to take this woman down. She's going to beat her up just like she did her last fight. I love this fight. She looks like she's coming in healthy. She weighed in 121.5, four pounds under the weight limit. She's not a big 115. Um, if there's an atom weight division, she might be able to fight in the atom weight division in the UFC, but Carolina has been exposed on the ground. She looked good her last time out, but that's just not going to matter. Loopy's going to get on those legs. She's going to take it down. She's going to finish her. I like to finish prop for this fight. I like this fight to go under. 
I'm not doubting Ganez anymore. I doubt her in the Penn A fight, even though I thought she won that fight. I picked against her last time. I'm picking with her now. I like her stepping up. I like when fighters combine uh, training camps. I think they're usually clicking. Their timing's still there. She didn't have to cut weight, which is even better. And you look at Chris Lieben, who fought... It was like oh, two weeks within years ago when he fought. He looked great. And then you got uh, G, uh, Ka, uh, Kazma Chmaev who did it in 10 days. He looked great. When you combine these training camps, you keep your momentum. You keep that timing. And when you don't have to cut weight either. She's up a weight class. I love it. I think Ganez is a great pick here. Could be my mortal lock for sure. Not going to be my mortal lock. But she very well could be. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not confident in her. All right, next up. Danny, wasn't it Hot Chocolate? He's got a fucking cool nickname. Hot Chocolate. Danny Roberts fighting two years off, plus 215 versus Ramazam Amiv, minus 265. This fight's tough for me, and I'll tell you why. Danny Roberts, I think, is very talented. I think he's a skilled guy. I think anybody that's been in the room with Danny Roberts is going to tell you this dude's got it, right? Problem is, is he he slows down a little bit, has a little bit of a chin issue, is a good grappler himself, has good striking, has good knockout power, just really doesn't seem to put it all together. He's on a break now. How is that going to affect his timing? How is that going to affect his defense with a guy that doesn't have the best chin? Ameev doesn't have the best striking. But he can get wild in there. I mean, the guy's a wild man, right? He can get in there and he can and he, he can fucking catch it, you know? Uh, Dan Roberts is coming off a, a knockout window. Ameev is coming off. Just destructions. Anthony Rocco Martin was his only loss in the UFC. He's beaten some good guys. He's been in the UFC for a while, since 2017. Beat Sam Alvey, beat uh, Alberto Mina, beat Stefan Skrillick. Anthony Rocco Martin was a decision loss. Uh, Nicholas Stolze and then David Zawada split decision. So he's coming out that Zawada fight, which split decision. I think he won off the whole fight. I think he won the fight. I don't think it should have been a split. I don't know what the other judge was thinking. However, he didn't look that great. So... When I was doing tape on this, I'm like, man, if Danny Roberts was fighting more often, I would take Danny Roberts. But since he's not, I'm going to go with Ameev. I think Ameev is just going to, he's got that fucking Dagestanian wrestling and the chain wrestling and he's durable and his cardio is held up. And Danny Roberts has shown not to do so well against people who offensive wrestle on him. I would love Danny Roberts to go out there and be like, fuck that. I'm taking you down, bud. I'm hot chocolate. I'm taking you down. I don't know if he's going to do that. I think his, his game plan is going to want to go in there and strike with Ameev, try to stop his, stuff his takedowns. I think that's a bad plan because that's what everyone wants to do with Ameev, and he seems to figure out a way to fucking make his game happen. Um, so I'm going to take Ameev here at minus 265. I don't love it. I have written down on my paper here, flirt. I might flirt with Danny Roberts at plus 215, um, put a little bit on him. I'm going to pick Ameev. This is a non-bet for me. This is a pass. I don't love the dog spot here. If Danny Roberts was a little more active, I would I would maybe really consider it. But just being off for two years and then getting in there with this fucking Dagestanian murderer, I mean, it's just, it could be a problem. But I do like that Danny Roberts is back, and I think he is a talented fighter. But, uh, yeah, just needs to fight a little more there, but needs to fight a little more there. What do you think about that? All right, next up, Andrew Sanchez versus Bruno Silva, plus 130 for Sanchez, minus 150 for Bruno Silva. So this fight... Was the first fight, you know, I don't know if you've been listening a while. I fill out a card, right? I, I I print off all the fights on my card. And I go through, before I do any research, and I fill in, I'm never going to sway off this pick, right? I go in, and usually it's like one or two fights. Usually I know the card that's coming up. So I have an idea of what it's going to be. 
And so this is a fight that I automatically W'd Bruno Silva. This guy's got next world power. Fought Wellington Terman, who I know is, is on a little bit of a skid here, but is a grappler himself. He reversed Wellington Terman on the ground and fucking knocked him out. Andrew Sanchez is a good wrestler. Does have some awkward striking. He's got like a weird karate thing, right, going on for him. He's elusive a little bit. Has been knocked out before. And Silva, I know he got busted with some kind of steroids. And he was out for a while. But this dude packs a lot of fucking power. Um, and a lot of people were kind of dogging the, the, the Silva line here. A lot of people on the Twitter are dogging the Silva. Silva shouldn't be this high. You know, a lot of people are picking Andrew Sanchez. And I'm like, wait a second. Because I was early on this, early in the week. And I'm like, hmm. And then obviously I went back, do my due diligence, read, read the fights, looked in the fights, watched tape, all that stuff. Andrew Sanchez coming off a knockout loss of Mahmoud Muradov, which is no, you know, no, that, that kid's a fucking stud. I know GM3 just beat him, but the kid's a fucking stud. Before that, <clears throat> he knocked out willing to determine. So they have a common opponent. But Andrew Sanchez wins two, loses two, wins two. I mean, he, he's so inconsistent, but he is fighting some good guys. Anthony Smith, uh, Ryan James, who the fuck that is. Marcus Perez, who at one point was a good talent. He did beat him. Mark andre Barriott, who has now gone on to win a few fights. Marvin Vittori, the Italian stallion, the delusional fucking meathead. He lost to him. Um, but Sanchez, you know, I, I, I really don't see how he wins this, right? Bruno Silva coming off the gas, but all his last one, two, three, four, five, his last fights have all come by some kind of knockout. This guy's fucking powers on another level. And he's not fighting bums either, right? So Wellington Terman is UFC debut, right? Knocked him out in the round one after getting taken down and reversed him. And then he gets Artem Frolov, who's 11-0, knocked him out in round four, sick fight. Alexander Shemenko, who was the fucking Bellator champ for a million years. The guy's got over 100 fights, knocked him out in round one. Gennady Kolov, 17-5, round one. That guy was a little whatever. And then Mateus Muslo with punches round one as well. He caught him early. This kid's got some fucking power. Now, that doesn't mean everything in MMA. Like, how do you handicap the power to this? Sanchez really hasn't really wrestled much. And I think if he wrestles, I think Silva is, is can reverse him and get on top. Sanchez doesn't want to be off his back. I understand people like plus 130. I get it. It's a plus number. You're looking at it. You can put 100 bucks down, win $130. You're like, oh, shit, this is, this is what I fucking want to do. But give me Silva here, man. I, I'm, I'm all over Silva. I might even touch the prop at a KO. That seems so obvious. That seems so square. That seems like the most square pick I ever did, and it's probably not going to catch because I'm 0 for 9 or 0 for fucking lifetimes on props. I can't predict a fight right. If you just check my bet MMA tips, it's, it's absolutely horrible. But I like Silva here, man. I like him a lot. This was going to be my send him home. I have another guy I've circled. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go off my read. My early read with Silva, Sanchez just hasn't impressed me. He's a, he's, a, he's a tough guy. He's been around forever. He can really get in there and get grimy. If this fight goes long, that's going to be a problem because just like I was talking about Bakhtarao earlier, Silva likes it in things early. What happens when it goes to the second or third round, right? This could be another hedge. I'm not a hedger because I, I, I don't have the opportunities to because I live in a state where sports betting is illegal and I won't go overseas. Uh, with that shit, fuck Bo, uh, Boveda and fuck my bookie. But uh, this might be a live hedge situation. Put your money on Silva a little bit. Goes to second, third round. Sanchez starts taking over with that kind of wrestling grimy style. Bruno starts gassing a little bit. I mean, listen, there's a reason he was on that sauce, right? 
Was it because he wanted to look good with the muscles or was it because he fucking needed help training because he didn't have the gas? So, um, yeah, I, I mean, to that point, I see it, but I'm still I'm still rocking my read here. I'm still going Bruno Silva. I think this guy's fought a really, some really good competition. Um, and it really depends on how much that those fucking steroids helped him out. All right, next up, Ludwig Klein, minus 350 versus Nate to train. <laughs> Plus 270. Nate Landwehr, one of my favorite personalities in the entire world. This guy is Mike Perry, 3-6 Mafia, and Project Pat rolled into one from Tennessee. This dude is fucking... He's entertaining. This dude went over to Russia, fighting M1, beating Russians. Became a champion over there. Came to UFC, has not had the same success. Fought, um, fucking, what's his name? Not Gilbert Burns, Herbert Burns. Gilbert Burns' fucking brother, who's trash, got knocked out, got caught with a knee. Train derailed. Comes back and fight. Darren Elkins in an absolute fucking war. Blood everywhere. Very close fight. Nate gets the nod. Nate the train, baby. He gave an electric post-fight interview. Um, Nate the train back on, babe. Train back on. Then he runs into Julian Arosa, right? Gets knocked out again. So this is a guy who is limited to his skills. He's very, very grimy. He's dirty. He likes, well, not dirty fighter, but you know what I mean? He likes to get in there. He likes to rough you up. His cardio is a weapon. You know, his takedown defense was pretty good. He would just wear on you, and it was his will versus yours. That's how he got a lot of wins. His striking's not great. His jiu-jitsu's not great. He would just will some victories, right? He wasn't the most skilled guy. That's how he won in, 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 in fucking Russia. Comes to UFC, you start running into some guys that that's not going to work with. I'm still shocked about the Herbert Burns knockout because Herbert Burns is so bad. He's not a great fighter, and he's not a great stand-up fighter. He's more, obviously, a jiu-jitsu guy. And then Julian Rosa. Julian Rosa has knocked out a lot of people, So that you know, and he caught, he caught Nate early, so whatever. So you're staring at plus 270, right? Then you enter Ludwig Klein, who completely destroyed Shane Young, but he missed weight. And then he comes back and fight Mike Trezano. And I put a whole fucking lot of money on Luva Klein in that Trezano fight. I came on these podcasts and I swore up and down on Luva Klein. Again, I get the little fucking googly eyes for the new guys. Luva's done some well outside the UFC. He's a clear knockout artist. He's got amazing head kick, powerful striking. I get those fucking googly eyes for the new guys. Put way too much stock in that. And Trezano is just outclassed him, was a better fighter. So you get this fight. Now, right off the jump, I hate the line. I hate minus 350 for Klein. That's too high, I think. But Nate is coming off some ugly losses. And even his win was kind of ugly. You know, the Darren Elkins fight. I mean, Elkins is a fucking dog. I mean, there's no one tougher than the damage, right? But, you know, Nate, that's what he kind of needed in the UFC. That's the kind of fight he makes, right? He's going to make fights like that. Um, So then, man, so this is tough. So... Here we go. Luva Klein. Send him home. Send him home early. Send him home. He's going to be my send him home. And here's what I'll say, right? I think there's some better opportunities, maybe with a send him home on this. But I feel like if Ludwig catches him early, right, with a head kick, with something early, I think Nate's chin's just not there anymore. This is Nate the Train. He's had some wars and had a bad, a bad end of a lot of them. Very true, Gene Douglas. This is Nate the Train, baby. Uh, he's in. A, he's been in a lot of wars, and and the one thing what I like Nate did is he was fighting at a small camp, his camp in Tennessee, 
He's now down at MMA Masters in Florida, which is a ever-growing camp, right? So he's training with some better people. I don't know if one camp is going to fix some of the problems that he's had. Um, you know, just being caught in, in his, in his, you know, the, the Herbert Burns knockout was a knee flush on the chin. I mean, what are you going to do? The Julian Rosa knockout wasn't the, I mean, he's a knockout artist, but it wasn't the biggest punch in the world. And he went down. That scares me. Luva Klein's got some of the nastiest head kicks you can ever find. And if he can even if fucking, even if Nate blocks it, right, goes up and blocks it, those get through. That could be a fucking problem. So uh, that's my reasoning for Luvit Klein to send him home. I'm going to bet the prop early. Now, I am so bad at props right now that you might want to go the other way. You might want to go Luvit by decision. You might want to go Luvit by fucking submission, right? Because I am so fucking dead wrong. I'm not here to be right. Okay, I love to be right. Who doesn't like to be right? I'm here to try to help you win money and help me win money, right? This is my read. And I'm telling you, if you're watching me, I have been so fucking far off on the finishes. But I do feel like that Nate's chin is compromised. I do love the move to MMA Masters. I just don't know if it was he's had enough time there yet to really make a difference. But I'm I'm not going to play money line either way. I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to pick a side. I'm going to go climb by knockout, and I'm going to go climb by knockout first round. Right, um, and then if. That doesn't happen. I advise you. I don't have the abilities to do this, but I advise you to maybe hedge with Nate because the longer this fight goes and the grittier it goes and the longer it goes, that favors Nate the Train, baby. I used to have a fucking Nate the Train thing here. This guy, he cracks me up, but uh, that's my read. That's my read, okay? I'm being transparent with you. And I got bumped up to the main card, which I thought it should have been anyway with Marquez and Wright falling off. All right, next up, you got Marion Ferrault versus Mario Bruno Silva. Ferrault's minus 225 and Silva's a plus 185. Another fight where people are, are questioning what I'm seeing. Again, I fully admit, I get the googly eyes from the new people, right? Farouk came in, striking looks unbelievable, right? They need talent at 125. This this girl's got talent. She's got striking talent, question markable, or question, uh, some questions on the ground maybe still. We haven't really seen much, but you can leave it up to interpretation. Mara Bruno Silva, solid fighter, coming in here, looks to be in incredible shape, has a UFC experience as well, not a newcomer. You know, she's fought some good girls in, in, in this uh, division, lost to Marina Moros, um, beat Morela Barra, excuse me, Came from the contender series, beat Jillian Robertson by armbar, which is a good win because Robertson is is good at uh, good at jujitsu as well. Lost Marina Morose, beat Mar uh, Marabella, which I mean, come on, and then had a draw with uh, Montana De La Rosa. <clears throat> she is a jujitsu fighter. She wants to fight on the ground. She wants to take you down. Her striking has looked very much improved. She looks to me in incredible shape. Ferrault, it man and Ferrault is a girl that when she debuted, I went ooh ooh. Because there's not a lot of people at 125 that make you do that besides Valentina. You start looking at these women at 125, and it's a lot of people that can't make 115 anymore, maybe, you know, coming down. This girl, woman, fighter, looked unbelievable to me, right? Victoria Leonardo, you know, say what you want about her, whatever. Eight and two, you know, yeah, okay? Knocked her out, right? And then Tabitha Ricci, who was undefeated in a little fucking... Tisha Torres, Spitfighter, you know, fucking bull. Farouk knocked her out in the second round as well. Like, this girl doesn't fuck around. And she's coming in this fight going, I'm, I want to knock this girl out. I'm knocking her out. 
I fucking love that, right? And I think she can do it. I think she's talented. And Silva is more than just a jiu-jitsu fighter, but she obviously wants to get this fight to the ground. I kind of want to see how it gets to the ground too, right? This is going to be my mortal lock. I'm locking up for Oak. It's my best bet. Uh, Mana Farrat, minus 225. I'm going, uh, I like her a lot. She is... One leg of the slime ball. She's going to be in the slime ball. That's one leg. I'll give. I'll, I'll. I'll. I'll tell you the rest at the end of the podcast. She's the. She's going to be the anchor of the, of the slime ball. Minus two twenty five. A lot of people like Silva. Bruno Silva. A lot of people like it. I've seen people put ten units on Farrell, which I think is fun. Unless your units are a dollar, ten units, man. That's you know that. Uh, I, I, I don't advise that because Silva is still very elite on the ground and they both have the same same record, same kind of experience in the UFC. They're both very tough women. They're very high level. This is great matchmaking. But I like Farouk. I mean, I do. I've been on her since day one. I can't turn my back on her now. You won't hear me come in and say she's a fraud or anything. If she if she loses, she loses. You know, she'll need to work on that aspect of her game. But her striking and her tenacity, uh, tenacity and her willing to finish and her and just her fucking badassness, which isn't even a word, is her just being a fucking savage in there. I love it. I love it. I, that's what one twenty five needs. They need more savages. All right, next up, Jim Miller versus uh, Eric Gonzalez minus two twenty five versus plus one eighty five. Gonzalez cut 24 pounds, took this fight on 10 days notice, and he's fighting the vet Jim Miller with over, seems like a billion UFC fights. A guy just, just you know, never stops. Um, So here's my problem, right? Here is my problem I have with this fight. I just don't think Jim Miller has it anymore. But he has proven to beat guys like Gonzalez, right? Guys who come in who aren't, experienced in the UFC. Gonzalez has five losses outside of UFC. He was fighting Combatas, which is a good organization. He's fought some good guys. But this is where Jim Miller fucking thrives, is against guys like this. Genie Dyke has been following Ghost Pepper Gonzalez for a while. Dude's tough and hungry. That is true. I, I dove into a deep wormhole of Eric Gonzalez. I, I did not know him, of him, excuse me, before the signing. Ghost Pepper is a fucking killer nickname, by the way. I love that so much. This guy's got long arms, he's scrappy as fuck, and he likes to fight. He likes to get in and get after it. Jim Miller, after that first round, falls off a cliff. He does, against anybody. His cardio's just not there. A little bit old, Lyme disease, whatever you want. But he's so dangerous in that first round. And a lot of newcomers don't come in and, and, and beat Jim Miller. He just doesn't fucking allow that. Jim Miller only loses to like elite guys. You look at the Roosevelt Roberts fight. Roosevelt Roberts came in and everyone was all over him, including me. Roosevelt looked great on the contender series. And Jim Miller fucking, what did he do? He arm bars him. Um, and then you got um, <clears throat> Joe Selecki beat Jim Miller, which is, I guess, kind of, but I was thinking Jason Gonzalez was another guy, rear naked choke, came in, kind of tall, kind of awkward. Alex White was another one that was a huge favorite over Jim Miller. Jim Miller was coming off four straight losses. Um, so I just, Jim Miller, I respect him. He holds a lot of records. They, they did a thing today. He's never missed weight of all his debuts. The guy's a true professional. Uh, you know, he's making money. He's out of the title picture. I just don't think he can keep up with the young guns. And I think Gonzalez is scrappy. And I go, I'm going dog. We need more dogs, we need more dogs baby. This isn't a dog-heavy card for me. I haven't gone dog hunting much. 
I, I think I only have two. I have Brandon Davis and, and Eric Gonzalez, and I really went down a wormhole of Gonzalez, and I think this kid's fucking tough, man. I do. I think he's scrappy. I don't love 10 days. I don't love the giant weight cut, but it's not like Jim Miller is some kind of cardio freak anymore, right? Jim Miller likes to stand up, and then if it, he usually gets taken to the ground, then that's when he takes over over some people. You know, Joe Selecki took him to the ground, and Jim Miller couldn't do anything. I don't see Gonzalez doing that. I've seen Gonzalez mixing up really well, but obviously wanting to stay on his feet. I think he's going to sting Miller with a couple punches, and I like him in this fight. I like him as a dog money. Again, I'm not going to ruin it with props, um, probably by decision, because I think Jim Miller is that fucking tough. I think Gonzalez, if he has cardio taking this on such short notice, I think he could win a decision. That would be my prop play, but you probably shouldn't listen to me on the props. But I like Gonzalez at plus 185. I, I've been picking some good dogs, and I, and I see it. I like it. Uh, give me uh, Eric Gonzalez because I think he's a fucking stud. All right, next up, Andre Olowski versus Carlos Felipe. Um, minus 105 versus minus 115. This line's moved a little bit. Maybe one's in the plus on certain books. I still have as a pick them on my book. Um, and I love pick em fights. I do. Um, this is a fight where you're not going to put it in a parlay. You don't want to ruin anything. I will say again, I am, I am not a, a prop master right now. This, this used to be the one stop shop for the props. I have since blown that because I can't get a fucking prop, right? However, I love this fight to go to the decision, go to the decision. I'm sure it's a wild number. I'm sure it's crazy. It's probably not a juicy number, but I like it going to a decision. Uh, both guys are kind of the similar fighter. Andre Lowski doesn't grapple much anymore. Doesn't really lean into many of his punches. Doesn't really look for knockouts. What he likes to do is he likes to point fight. Now he's got good boxing. He's trying to avoid getting knocked out. Carlos Felipe is the same way. He puts a lot of pressure on you. There's a lot of punches. He talks shit to you. And then he doesn't have big power either. Both these guys are fighting very similar. So I see a stand-up battle. I see a fucking crazy split decision happening. Good to go either way. I'm picking Felipe because I have a shirt here. This is my betting system shirt. If you're interested, I can sell it to you. But the very first line right there in my betting system, it says bet on blonde, baby. Carlos Felipe dyes his hair blonde. Bet on blonde. And the yellow one says from a stand, bet a grand. Andre Oski, a lot of people say he's Russian. He's Belarus. That's not from a stand, baby. There's no Belarus here, okay? Give me give me Mini Mark Hunt. He does kind of look like Mini Mark Hunt, Genie. Uh, yeah, give me Felipe for sure. I like, I, I like him by decision. I'm not super confident. I think I am going to bet this fight because I like being on the right side of Pickums. It makes me feel smarter. It makes me feel superior. Um, but I'm not going to add this to a parlay. I'm not going to... Um, I'm not going to touch... I'm not going to touch uh, uh, um, anything with combining this with anything. This is a single bet. Whether you go decision or you go Felipe or Arlovski, whatever. I'm picking Felipe and I'm picking decision. Um, this is a single bet. All right, next up, main event. Norma Dumont plus one fifteen versus Aspen Lad minus one thirty five. Aspen Lad looked absolutely incredible at the weigh ins. One forty five is clearly her weight class. Quit fucking around with one thirty five. You're gonna kill yourself, Norma Dumont. One on one in the UFC, I believe. Here's the problem: I I really do, I really jumped into Norma Dumont because I didn't know much about her. If I'm being honest with you, right? Yeah. So she's she's uh, two one in the UFC. Excuse me. But the one thing that keeps coming back to me is that Megan Anderson knockout. Right? Norma Dumont is a good grappler. She's pretty well rounded. Has a good win over uh, Felicia Spencer, who I think is a great grappler, who I think is really good at 145. Ashley Evan Smith, she completely dominate, but Ashley Evan Smith hasn't been relevant in, in many, many years. 
the Megan Anderson, right? And I think Megan Anderson's a good fighter, right? But she just got slept bad. That scares me. Aspen Lime, this 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 freak show kind of a girl, woman fighter. Excuse me, I keep saying girl. I'm just growing woman, guys. Uh, uh, she, you know, blew out both her knees or blew out a knee really bad. Now she's coming back. Missed 135 a couple weeks ago. Now she's at 145. She had a training camp. I think her timing could be there. Everyone thought she was going to have to be severely on her size. I don't think so, right? The only time Aspen Ladd has struggled and lost was against Drain and Enemy, where she got caught really early. Aspen Lad's a bulldozer in there. She's strong. She's big. She can take you down. This is going to be a battle of a wills here because they both implement kind of the same game plan. I see a lot of people picking Dumont. I get it. It's a plus number. It's a sexy number. I'm going to go Aspen Lad here. I'm not overly confident with this pick, if I'm being honest with you, but I think Aspen Lad is just the, the the better fighter at this point, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to go Aspen Lad. Aspen Lad for the dub here. And uh, that's it for the pickums. Let me give you my slime ball here. Let me go over my notes. Try not to dead air this uh, as much as I should here. But let me go over my notes here. All right. So, slime ball. Lupi Ganez. First leg of the slime ball parlay. She's minus 225, 235. Excuse me. Uh, I should actually do this on my phone. So you guys will know the numbers. Jeannie Douglas chimed in. What do we got here, bub? Want dime piece Dumont to win, but Aspen's going to be fighting for a career bit of hers. Yeah. Dime piece, really? Okay. I got to give Norma Dumont a little bit more of a look-see because, I mean, I've heard a few people say she's quite a looker, but I got to check her out, man. I I, I guess I, I've missed that one, huh? All right, so my parlay, my slime ball parlay, Lupi Ganez, and she is a minus 235 on the Barstool Sports app. Then we're going to go Bruno Silvia. He is a currently minus 162 on the on the app. And then we're going to go Manon Ferrot. She's a minus 240. That is going to bring this parlay to a plus 229. Probably going to put a unit on it. Um, if you don't like Silva, swap out Silva with Carolosi. Um, who I think is is decently high right now. No, Carolosi is a minus 143. Um, there's a lot of ways around it, but that's going to be mine. Plus 229. I'll post all my bets tomorrow. Uh, thanks for rocking with me, boys. Jeannie Douglas, you're awesome. Um, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the pick them, baby. Likes and subscribe. MMA Takes Podcast on Twitter and IG. I need to get my IG game back on. I know I say it every fucking time. All right. That's the live show. Thank you, boys. That was the live show. Now it was audio only. This is for the this is for the podcast OGs only. Okay, I'm off camera. I really got nothing else to say. I like my slime ball. I like my picks. Um, these next two weeks, really three weeks. Last week I was up. I won. Wasn't a great card. This week I'm interested in some fights, but it took some hits. Next week, interested in the main event, but then we got some fucking bangers. We got the 30th with Jan versus Glover. Then we got November 6th. My boy Chris Curtis is fighting. He's fighting Phil Halls. That son of a fucking bitch, Phil Halls. You're dead. You're going to die November 6th. Fuck you, Phil Halls. And that's it, baby. That's the show. Um, Again, everyone takes podcast, subscribe, like, all that shit. Let's go. Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? I say let her dance. Woo! Come on, motherfucker, back! Come on!
Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dalton.